0: You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this episode is with Naya. She's one of those singers that reminds you just how beautiful rule-breaking could be. I mean, don't get me wrong. When you hear her music, you do hear that devotion towards the classics. But luckily for us, that never stops her music from being personal. And as expressive as her voice is, a lot of that bravado is also within the writing. Naya isn't afraid of showing you who she is, and with the confidence found on her debut album, Why would she be? On this album, you hear traces of jazz, soul, pop, the classical tones only piano can convey. But most importantly, you hear Naya. Not in the back, not in the side. No, you hear her front and center. And if you're unfamiliar with her music, don't worry. You're going to love it. This is the 405 Exchange with Naya. Enjoy. Enjoy. Um, back in May. Do you remember what that release day was like for you? Because that must have been such a monumental day for you.
1: It was kind of like, honestly, just like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good day. I was really proud to finally get it released. But you know, I think sometimes people don't realize how long it takes to make this stuff and make music and for some people and for me, it takes a long time. So Some of those songs I've been sitting with for months or years even. So by the time it actually gets released, you kind of are a different person. So it's kind of cool to figure out like, you know, how to reflect on what you've made in the past year or two and figure out how it still means something to you now. And what's great is when I released it, I was still really excited and proud about it, proud of of it. So it's cool. And then people started to like it, which I was like, cool, that makes me happy.
0: yeah well i'm curious when you were saying about people liking it like what would you say has been some of the most like surprising reactions you've experienced in regards to the album like some of the things you've been hearing people say
1: i guess you know that i'm that they like my lyrics and how honest i i am with it and that people you know it's helping them go through relationship problems and stuff like that because you know for me the album was definitely a struggle when it comes to being transparent I tend to kind of hide behind lyrics and stuff. And for this, I was, I just couldn't help it because I fell in love and just kind of wrote about what I was going through and didn't really have, you know, the conscious decision to share it, but it just kind of happened. So people just actually resonating with it in general and then saying how that same situations happened to them or, you know, me talking about something that people are upset about or, Feel the same, like that made me really happy and surprised, and then kind of like, oh shit, like I'm a little embarrassed that people know so much about me now. <laughs> but, but yeah, that day I definitely didn't go out, I just like slept for 32 hours in bed.
0: <laughs> Holy shit! I, and knowing musicians, that's probably not an over exaggeration whatsoever.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, not at all. <laughs> Holy
0: shit! Well, yeah, I'm curious in regards to like singing about your emotions, which you did a lot on the record, and what I loved about it, it was like how it very much felt multifaceted. It never felt like you were singing just about, like, even if you might be singing about how you were feeling, it never felt like it was just one shade. It felt like it was various shades about an experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, growing up singing jazz standards, you know, those are songs about like heartache or falling in love or, you know, don't explain. Like just, there's just all the different, like what you said, the range of emotions and different kind of narratives that go into love and stuff like that. So I wanted to make sure that my album felt cohesive, but also wasn't redundant, you know? So it's like trying to find ways to talk about things that everybody talks about. Everybody's been singing and writing about love forever. So it's finding ways to personalize it and, you know, write about different things that, you know, I, I don't necessarily think are, have been done before, which is really hard, you know, cause everything's, been said in some regards so it's like how do you do it and make it authentic but also make it where it's not the same song over and over again you know and that it's a challenge and that's where working with other writers can be helpful and you know they can see it
0: from a different perspective but
1: yeah i wanted to try to give it a decent size range with the material
0: i wonder if some of that like in what you're describing if you would agree that some of it felt like you also kind of had to like find your own voice and i wonder if that's what it felt like when you were in the studio while you were recording
1: um yeah in some regards you know i made the decision to try to stick with the same production and kind of sonic palette because you know nowadays it's such a single based world but for me i grew up in the era of like albums where everything sounds similar where it's kind of like one big full body of work you know and it's hard for me because You know, nowadays people will make a dance song and a reggae song and then like an urban song and then a folk song. So you can kind of do whatever you want. There are no rules. But for me personally, I wanted it to sound cohesive. But when it came to writing lyrics or just trying to find different themes, I thought that was where I wanted to kind of experiment a little bit more, you know, and pull from my own personal experiences, but also find ways to add different stuff, you know, and and that could be like vocal, vocal sense, like for some of the songs I'm singing way bigger and belting more and in others I'm a little bit more subdued and and reserved. So it's just trying to find, you know, like the the curation of how to curate something like, I don't know if I'm explaining this well at all, but just so it's not just the same, you know, And, and that could be in the arrangement of the strings for one song or it could be in the drums in another. And it's like, you know, lyrics, how do you say this? How do you say this without saying it this way? Like, was there another way to say it, you know, in different moods? So I don't know if that gave you any answer or
0: not. No, it de- <laughs> no, it definitely did. It really did. I kind of want to go a little bit deeper, though. Like, because sure. I mean, to go into this, your album, like your first album, like, I really want to know, like, what were those sessions like for you when you were in the studio? Like, what was that experience like for you on this time around?
1: Um. I'm a very private person and, you know, I think because I studied music from such a craft element, it was it was a little harder just because, you know, you get in a room with someone you don't know and they're like, cool, so who are you? What do you want to write about today? And I'm like, I don't even think you're saying my name right and I don't know how to tell you. So <laughs> it's, it's very, you, you got to jump in head first and kind of be transparent. And I think that's also why working with Robin was great because he he knew me from working on my ep so he already knew what sounds i like he knew when to push me and challenge me with other sounds to try and since i know him i can push him to be like well this is how i want to sing it i don't care what you think you know because i I have that relationship but it's hard you know And, and working with the label now you have to kind of consider how everyone feels about stuff which you know two heads are better than one sometimes five heads are too many heads like too many chefs in the kitchen but no, absolutely. for the most part it was it's it's funny because i think about it and when i was like all right i think i'm ready to make to, to start doing this i wanted to make this kind of like you know feminist womany, like strong woman thing and it ended up uh, being all about me being this like crazy psycho girlfriend <laughs> i was like wow that's not what i intended and then now when i listened to it or when it kind of revealed itself to me and we picked all the songs i was like it kind of is a very pro feminine perspective so i kind of did what i initially wanted to do but without doing it the way i thought it would come out if that makes any sense
0: yeah so
1: but the sessions, some were really hard and, and i think one of the things that i tend to try to keep doing is editing you know writing is just rewriting and you know songs can always be better and I think that's something that really helped. You know, some of the songs I have like five different versions and I listen to some of the older versions and I still feel strongly that where they ended up are are still the best. So and that's that's, you know, credit to the writers that push me, like, is this really the best way to say this? Are there other words? You know, let's can let's condense this and fix this chorus, which people don't really realize like sometimes it's like a lot of work, just structure and stuff like that. So, and I love that. I'm a super nerd.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. You know, I love what you said just now about how you ended up making like a kind of like a pro woman album almost accidentally, because I think what goes along with that with the album itself is that there's this gravitas to your persona, but at the same time, it doesn't come across as a persona. It still comes across as you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's it's funny because, I didn't really go in trying to make a concept album. And then when I started to be like, okay, cool, out of all these songs, which ones do I like the best? And they all kind of felt like they were cut from the same cloth. And I was like, oh God, this is this is crazy. This is like this, this little, I'm saying some stuff. And I was like, oh God, I don't, I don't know if I want anyone to know. But at the same time, I guess being honest is the best. And it's cool that people are resonating it, resonating with it and calling me kind of like, a strong female female voice in music i'm like really okay i'll take it
0: <laughs> yeah that's really cool i think a lot yeah. of that has to do with like as the album goes and you like really pay touch to the lyrics it's not just you singing about your experiences It feel it's feeling like you're owning them like by just yeah. singing about it. did it feel that way for you when you were singing these songs
1: it did you know and i think that's something for me personally that I've changed the most as an artist in this whole process because, you know, my EP was called Generation Blue and was more me fitting in with everybody else in the world and my, my uh, generation and just, you know, I was kind of hiding behind talking directly about what I'm going through. And with this album, you know, in these sessions, I literally couldn't not talk about my feelings of falling in love or how f- annoyed I was at my boyfriend like it just, it just literally came out. So, and through that process and sharing it, I feel way stronger and more comfortable just being transparent. And, you know, I definitely lived all those those songs. So I definitely owned them in the moment. And I think now I'm way more comfortable just owning owning what I'm saying, you know? And I think it's scary sharing, sharing anything you create. Like as an artist, you know, you're always, Worried that people aren't isn't aren't gonna like it and especially if it's something that you care about or something that's personal So, you know in some regards, it's probably why my album took a little longer in general because I'm I don't love talking about myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I ended up only talking about how I feel so it, it just was like, oh shit, but it's cool that people really Really like when people do that they feel like that's how you can connect and I sometimes forget music is all about connecting with people so i'm happy that i feel stronger in doing that now more with my next music and stuff like that
0: yeah i think that's a mega you know i want to ask about the music but i also want to like before i do that i want to ask about um the visual element because i think what's real i'm yeah. a very visual person what i think is really cool with delving into this project it makes me feel like you're a pretty visual person too <laughs> Totally. Yeah, like, do you tend to find inspiration in visuals when it comes to thinking about lyrics ever? Because I feel like with some of the songs, it comes across that way.
1: For sure. I mean, I definitely am a visual learner. So, you know, and I grew up in a household where we would watch, like, a bunch of Italian movies. My mom's from Italy, so there were always, like, soundtracks on and film scores, and, you know, it's just hard because sometimes... I think it, I am too visual where I'll see an image and want to write a song that goes with it, or, you know, my keychain from my keys will trigger a whole song, you know, and like it's my song Sideline. I just remember looking at my keychain and being like, damn it, this is like, I'm not like, I'm, I was literally on the side of the road and was like, fuck, this is, this is that song. I got to just write this now. So wow. visuals really trigger things for me, but also then. It's really important for my music to have a cinematic feel because, you know, I think visuals really help as an aid to to understand music better. And now we live in such a visible age where sometimes the videos are almost more important than the songs, you know? So it's like, how do you make them work together where they resonate, you know? And I've been really lucky to find creative collaborators that can take my music and make something visual for them that feels timeless but still really fresh and helps the song translate
0: i love that you said that because that goes perfectly to what i wanted to ask next specifically about mm-hmm. nobody because that video is fucking boss as hell
1: <laughs> thank you
0: T- yeah tell me what was the experience like making that video because that came out so beautifully well thank you i
1: mean i am italian so i kind of like hell hath no fury like the family i keep my <laughs> my crew close and just like who I work with for music, I wanted to work with the same people for all my videos and Sasha had done all my previous videos and for nobody, you know, we wanted to try to find a way to stay true to who I am, which is kind of this like mysterious reserved lady, but also the song is sexy and the song is like more fun. So, you know she challenged me to like okay well you know I'm a female director you're a female artist let's 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 go for it and you know in Hurt You First there were duplicate Nayas and for this she thought it'd be cool to kind of d- play on that but in a in a more boss way like you said yeah <laughs> but yeah it was just like i don't know let's do something sexy that goes with the music which i think is great cuz i hate videos that i'm watching and i'm like how does this have any correlation to the song you know, and it's just like, I don't, I don't get it. So it's nice that nobody, to me, feels like the exact video I wanted for the song, if not more than I thought it would be, so.
0: That's amazing yeah. to hear. Like, and I, I kind of want to jump a little bit deeper, because what you sure. said specifically there about like how you'll watch a video, and wonder how it fits with the song. I wonder yeah. how you feel Nobody Fits, like, the the visuals fit with the song itself. I mean, it sounds pretty obvious, but I'd love to hear you go a little deeper into that. Yeah,
1: that. I mean, you know, that song, which is funny because people are always like, oh, what's Nobody about? And I'm like, Nobody is kind of just about a one-night stand, you know? And it's kind of just like a fun, sexy night I had. And, uh, you know, when Robin played me the track, I was like, this just sounds like a night you don't remember. <laughs> so... <laughs> I wanted to write something that made sense for the music and then pulling it together for a visual, you know, I tend to be a little bit more reserved and my other videos I'm wearing like a jacket I've got turtlenecks on and Sasha was like, I think we should do something a little sexier, you know, and the whole where the dancers and stuff come in, you know, I wanted to do like a, a reverse of usually you see guys, with girls dancing on them or the artists being sexy and like dancing and stripping. And one, I just know nobody will want to see me do that cause I'm not very good at it. But <laughs> two, I thought it'd be cool to flip it where I kind of portray the strong person and other girls are kind of trying to like get my attention. So it was fun. And I kind of used, um, I used real dancers and we kind of used like a boy as a prop unfortunately but he was it was kind of like a metaphor for like you can have a strong sexy night and still be in control and not you know feel weird about it and it's funny because I think a lot of my fans were a little thrown because you are like whoa this is like whoa Naya went for it this is super sexy but you know the whole thing is like women are allowed to to do whatever they want and be as sexy as they can so I don't know I feel I felt really comfortable with it and because Sasha's done all my other stuff you know we know each other so well where she she can push me and push my boundaries to a place where i still feel like really excited about it so it was cool it was definitely like a little weird to just wear a bra but <laughs> hey you know a little retouching goes a long way <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i wanted also to jump into the latest video which is for day and night and again it's a very fitting video and um what really got me with that video is how different it is, and yet it's still you. And it goes back to what we were saying before about the album, how yeah. you found a way to showcase different shades to you. Tell me about a bit about Day and Night, and yeah. what was the aim with this particular video?
1: Well, this was just like, you know, Day and Night's one of my favorite songs on my album. You know, I, I love Sade, and I think it's kind of that, like, just... I've had too many cocktails as the sun's setting on the beach, and I'm having a great time. And... You know, the label wasn't necessarily like, you need to do a video for this. But, you know, Sash and I have become best friends and Elias, who's her DP, shoots shoots everything for her. So they were going down to Miami for a bigger, like, commercial they were shooting. And I was like, I'm just going to tag along. And um, <laughs> we decided to do just a couple things on the beach for fun. And it ended up being this kind of, like, awesome vintage like Sade meets Naya beach thing with just my friends. We didn't really have a treatment. We didn't, we like pulled a couple, you know, um, fashion editorial photos as references. And we just kind of like, Elias just rolled the camera and we just messed around. So it was cool. Cause that one really felt really organic. And what's great is because they know me so well, It just kind of became it was me you know and that's why i think working with the same people you can create like an evolution of your your sound or your your visuals which is what's what's happening so it's it's kind of exciting to show like you were saying the range of of songs on the album that are all kind of cut from the same cloth but still show different sides and for visuals like i'm these i've only done a couple now but I'm trying to, sh- to stay true to who I am, but showed there's different sides to me. So, and that one's just like, let's just have some fun with my friends. But I'm happy that you say it's, it, it still comes off as me because, you know, that's, that's always the worry you see videos where you're like, damn, this isn't that artist anymore. She's changed or, which is cool if it's their decision, but sometimes it's hard. It's hard to, to create an identity, but also keep coming up with new ideas and how to be fresh and try, try to be a little versatile.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You make it seem like effortless, though, I have to say.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, You're only as good as your your team, which is what I'm really learning. So yeah, yeah, that one that one was really fun. It was crazy because we shot it on on film. And, you know, usually with videos, you get like a monitor so you can kind of see playback and what you're doing and this we had no idea if any of the film had come out i was wondering that
0: yeah (laughs) wow that's crazy because i was curious because like sometimes you could film digital and make it look like film but it was so consistent i was like oh this must be actual film
1: yeah it was like a tiny little like i don't even know what what they're called but it was crazy and you know i i'm not usually one to prance around in a bathing suit and you know (laughs) nowadays with like you know everyone they could do whatever they want but you see a lot of girls posting in bathing suits online and stuff and i wanted to find a way because day and night to me is such like a beach kind of vibe song that i was like how do i do this but not make it the way everybody else does it and you know sasha and elias were like why don't we shoot it on film so it'll look like this old whole movie like like private footage i'm like okay cool so
0: wow yeah that's a damn good approach yeah yeah yeah, you know, a special song on the album to me is also the last song, uh, Sideline, with Jasmine Sullivan. And yeah. I have a feeling that must be quite a special song for you. Like, how did that song come together?
1: That song was, I mean, I'm, I, I don't consider myself an angry person, but that <laughs> song, I think, was like, it, it literally just f- flew out of my body. And I had written the chorus with Mickey Echo and Robin in a session, and you know we started with that hook, uh, the sideline part, and then they were like, "So what are you thinking for the verses? What do you want to what do you want to say?" And I was like, "You know what? I got this." And I literally, I I even remember I was like a, I felt like a very Joan Crawford kind of character, <laughs> where I was like crazy in my head, and I literally went into my closet and turned the lights off. <laughs> and just literally wrote in my iPhone on notes just like rambling of like everything I was feeling and it kind of became this kind of like narrative story where I just kind of like just went off.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) And it's cool because, you know, what I wanted to achieve initially with that song is to make a modern day torch song. You know, I grew up singing jazz and Sideline has this kind of old jazzy, kind of like Amy Winehouse retro vibe but I wanted it to feel fresh and not retro. So it kind of is like a a modern day flip on an old song, which is why I wanted the verses to literally be just like confessional free thought. And Jasmine came into the picture because I was like, there's another girl in this narrative. And wouldn't that be cool if we could hear from her?
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah.
1: And I was like, if I'm going to lose to anybody, it better be someone fucking amazing. And I was like, I think Jasmine's one of the best singers out
0: there. So I was like, let's ask
1: her. She'll be the other lady. <laughs>
0: what, what was it like hearing it? Like hearing it back after it was done? That must have been quite amazing.
1: Um, It was probably a real high moment for me because, you know, nowadays, like cosigns and features are so overdone, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, you can really tell when someone like phones in a feature and they just do a little verse or something and it's it's so disconnected to the song and you know I gave Jasmine a little bit of direction and was like look I want you to do whatever you want this is about we're both going through the same thing in this narrative it's not me against you I want you to like go in I grew up with like Mariah Carey Whitney Houston duets Deborah Cox and and Whitney and like Brandy and Monica like a real duet where you're going back and forth, where you where it's like a song with both of them on it. And what she sent back was like beyond my expectations. She also just decided she didn't like my bridge and just removed it. So oh, sure. she definitely like did what she wanted, which was really great because it made me feel that she really loved like the essence of the song and and what it was about. And she she did a great job. So I'm, I'm and it's probably one of everyone's favorites. So it's cool and you know we did a live version which was probably a highlight too because like us singing it live going back and forth it's like damn
0: this is emotional so and it's hard
1: it's hard to keep up with her
0: (laughs) that's amazing you know before we hit the recorder we chatted a little bit about a show you did in new york recently and that made me wonder like in regards to this the shows you've been doing around this album in general how how have those shows been for you
1: they've been good i mean i think it's really emotional because i you know never really got into music to share it. it was always like, for me, it was like my outlet. And I definitely have like struggled with stage fright for a while. And now, you know, I'm, I'm much more comfortable on stage. And it's just crazy when I see people singing along, you know, and, and what's funny is people want to sing Jasmine's part or people want to sing my part. And I think when I sing it by myself, I'll sing some of her stuff just because I love her melodies and things. So it's, it's really cool to see it really take a new a new like life live, you know? And it's also one of the harder songs to sing. So it's cool because the audience knows that and they kind of like psych me up and they're like, you can do it. <laughs> you can hit that note. And so, which is cool, which is cool. They're like right there with me.
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, like I have a really specific question to ask, but I'm pretty sure you're up for the task of it. Like I'm
1: totally down.
0: Also, like I'm particularly curious with the track listing versus setlist because we talked about like how the album the way it's like formatted for you and like how you feel about albums is so specific with the cohesiveness. and of course when you do a set it shifts around a bit so I wonder like what's it like for you to change the order of the songs for a setlist that's a really
1: really good question no one's asked me that and it's probably one of like where I'm the most anal actually it's so funny like we went back and forth with the track listing like forever it was like I, I was woody allen like no no it has, <laughs> to this, it has to be this way and everybody you know challenged me and what's interesting is where it ended up was where we all really love it which is funny because we all started with different track lists and for live you know i tend to like when i go see shows where i feel like i'm on a journey but that sounds kind of cliche but i love you know really feeling like you start somewhere and you land somewhere and it's not like just the big songs in the front and it's not just like the slow songs shoved in up and down with with the fast songs because people are afraid that you're going to lose your audience if you do too many slow songs back to back so for me my set list is different than my track list i mean i start with my intro and some of the stuff but You know some of it's like pretty obvious like hurt you first has to come first you know there's the word first in it it would be weird to put that last and sideline i think is the most explosive song and it's kind of like the hardest to sing so i kind of want to save it for last and also you know you do some trial and error of where you see the audience like really resonating and i like to take them on a journey so i don't mind if there's a part in my set that has like let's take it down for a few Let's, like, slow it down. But that is really important to me. And that's funny. No one's ever asked me that. So, wow, yeah.
0: that's, that's amazing. Because yeah. I feel like within... I'm glad I was able to ask you something no one's ever asked. Because I feel yeah. like it's so tied to your music. Like, the way the album works. So that's interesting hearing that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, well like, I'm curious. Like, how do you... Because obviously you're going to definitely probably do some more shows next year. Do you feel good about the set list now? Like, in con- like considering the l- most recent show you did, do you feel like it flows the way you want it to?
1: I think it flows the way I, I want to for sure now. I think there, I do a bit of like a medley cover at some moments that I think I'll keep changing the songs. So this time around we did like a, we did uh, oh God, what did I even do? I did um, a Janet Jackson into a genuine, into an Usher song, into an, into Anita Baker. Oh,
0: okay. Proper throwbacks there.
1: Yeah, we did a full thing. So it's, it's also like... Um, making sure you keep some stuff fresh you know and, and I think I might change it a little but I think where it's locked now is really good I feel like it takes people on a journey and it's like like a full relationship you start somewhere and you end somewhere you know and and I, I feel like my audience is really attentive I'm really blown away by how like quiet everybody that's listening to me because you know growing up singing jazz you kind of like learn to involve like smashing plates and waiters shaking cocktails because no one's really listening to the jazz band yeah. but for my own shows it's wild like there's dead silence and people are really respectful and singing along so but yeah I think my set's locked which is pretty exciting to say it Took it took a little bit but I think I think it's good where it is. It's feeling good.
0: That's amazing. I only just have yeah. one more question for you. But um cool. And it's this is more cliche, but I think we could head it we could hit it in a pretty good way. You know, like we're arriving at the end of the year and it's more important to look in my opinion, I think in life it's more important to look forward than backwards. Totally. And so much has happened for you this year with this album coming out and doing these shows, but I wonder like where do you see it going next? Like what's happening next for you?
1: I mean for me, I think Two of the goals is I think trying to go on a go on a tour and you know play this music live more and just kind of keep developing how it sounds live um, and then just making new music. You know it's 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 weird to not be making new music and I, I went to Italy to start making some new music like a month or two ago. So I'm already like, what do I want to do next? Which is take some time, you know, and and I think people worry now because everything's so congested and they're they're afraid if you go away for too long no one's gonna remember you or you gotta keep releasing stuff.
0: But I hate that so much. Yeah,
1: I know. Sometimes you need to take time and just like experience life and like go to different places or watch movies or fight with your boyfriend and, you know, just so you can gain more material, you know. So that's kind of what I've been doing. I've just been like a sponge soaking everything up and I want to just start making new music I guess and just keep going so wow. yeah incredible. and try to be even more transparent so that might be really
0: scary <laughs> that, you you think that's a definite like you'll de- you definitely I want think to so
1: move? I think I want to do a deep dive
0: <laughs> wow that sounds because, that's yeah. brave of you
1: <laughs> I know I got I, I put one foot in and then I jumped in the deep end and now I'm like really loving the deep end so I'm excited.
0: You know, this is such an interesting time because there are people who have heard your album and I know there's people who have written about it and it's definitely gotten, like, a reaction, but there's definitely, I feel like, there's still life in it, you know? Like, there's still legs for it. And I'm really looking forward forward to people hearing this album who haven't heard it yet. Well, thank you. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's what's so crazy. And, you know, one of my goals always with my music is to make something that's timeless, you know? And it's hard because now you could follow trends so quickly and you see what everyone else is doing. And sometimes you feel, you know, kind of forced to do what everyone else is doing because you see it working faster. But for yeah. me, I want to be able to listen to my music in 10 years and, and not go like, damn, what was I thinking? Why did I do this? You know, so
0: yeah.
1: I think that's why I hope my album can continue to to hit people and it won't be like, oh, this is dated. So because there's, all, you know, people discover music all the time in so many different ways. So I just want to make something that will last.
0: Yeah. And sustain. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, I'm sure you, I feel like you've achieved that. You're going to achieve it a bit more. Thank so.
1: you. That means so much.
0: No, of course. Yeah. Thanks for chatting me today. I really of appreciate it. Of course. That.